Hello and welcome to The Blonde Commentary, exploring modern masculinity through faith. My name is Trey Orndorff, and I'm so happy that you've chosen to listen today. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, it's so nice to have you join us as we discuss what it is to live the Christian life as a young person in today's society. So, welcome! Last week, we began this series by discussing the power of testimony and how every person's testimony, regardless of their life experiences or individual trials, can be used as a part of God's plan. As I had mentioned in episode one, I had the privilege to attend this year's Passion Conference at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta this past week, and for this week's episode, I would like to talk a little bit about my experience, what I learned, and the power of gospel-centered community. So when I was coming home uh, for Christmas break, I honestly had no clue whatsoever that I would be attending this event. Now, living in the Atlanta area, I had always had friends rave about their experiences at this conference, but I had never experienced it for myself. Deep down, I guess I always did have a desire to see what this thing was about, though, and this year God really worked in an amazing way to make this desire a reality. One afternoon, I was just scrolling through my phone, about ready to go to the gym, actually, when I saw one of my friends from the church that I go to in Tuscaloosa say in a group chat that he was looking to see if anyone wanted his ticket to the Passion Conference for free. And so not having anything going on during the time when the event would be held, and also living so close to the event, I quickly jumped on the opportunity and thankfully was able to get his ticket, which was completely awesome, and thank you so much. Knowing that I would be going to the event alone, however, I did want to find out who else would be going there, so I messaged some of my friends and joined some of the group me chats that had been started for passion attendees. And before long, God had already shown me a glimpse of the community that I would be a part of in only a few short weeks, which was so amazing. It was through these group chats that I was shockingly able to secure another free ticket for my sister from a very nice student who sadly was no longer able to go, but was kind enough to give me the ticket so that my sister could come. And so, to be completely honest, I'm still amazed thinking about all the doors that God had opened for us to be able to go to the Passion Conference, and I'm so thankful that I was able to. The theme for this year's Passion Conference was Call on Heaven. And between the incredible worship sets and profound messages, it is safe to say that this is exactly what we were able to do. I still can't believe just how well organized this event was and how every person involved was able to pour their heart and soul into the event. Pastor Louis Giglio and his wife Shelley did such an incredible job shepherding this year's event. Pastor Giglio even posted on X, which was formerly Twitter, right before the final session, saying, Passion is more than music, more than events. Passion is a generation living for his name. Thank you, God, for these days. And I truly could not have described this event any better. Their heart for the nations and my hurting generation was able to shine through in everything that was put forth during the conference. When I came to the first day... I was honestly really unsure of exactly what to expect. Now, trust me, I had watched plenty of videos in preparation for the event and saw everything from people waiting hours outside for floor seats to people even anxiously looking around to find their husband or wife. And trust me, I saw some of those too while I was at the Passion Conference event, but I'll get to that. I had many people that I talked to act very shocked, actually, when I told them that I had come alone on the first day, as many people had come in different groups. 
For context, of course, my sister had a prior event that was going on that Wednesday, which was the first day of the event, so it was just me at the start. However, I still had a great time. It was at this moment that I was very, very happy to be an extroverted individual because I was instantly able to make so many lifelong friends. I got there early on day one because I wanted to experience what it was to have a floor seat, which is one of the most sought-after positions at one of these conferences. The rain, however, was not in my favor as Atlanta traffic started to get really bad, and when I arrived, it was still raining. However, this was not entirely horrible as it did allow me to meet a nice group of students who had come together from a small Christian college and were able to gain refuge from the rain under my small umbrella. So when they finally opened the doors, I quickly learned how crazy and exciting this event was. At first, I was unable to secure a floor seat because of when I had arrived, but after searching for a solo seat around the stadium, I came across some awesome people and volunteers who helped me get a floor wristband and experience what it was to be up close and personal at Passion. And the next two days, my sister was thankfully able to attend the event and she too was captivated by the spectacle of Passion. We kept meeting people in the strangest of places from across the country and places I honestly had never even heard about. And I constantly heard countless people humbly submitting themselves to God. It was such a testament to his goodness, and I just truly can't describe in words how amazing it was to be surrounded in that gospel-centered community. Honestly, it's funny looking back just to see how kind everyone was that I met while I was there. There truly wasn't much that we all had in common. I mean, like I said, we were all from very different places. And to tell you the truth, I can barely remember most people's names that I met. But honestly, that's not all too uncommon when it comes to me. I'm horrible with names and faces. But what we all were united by was our love of Jesus Christ and our collective spirit to run after him. There was not a moment while I was there that I felt like I was being judged by another or mistreated in any way, despite of how crowded the event was. I mean, there literally were 55,000 students there, not including all the volunteers and the people that were working the event, and also how exhausted we all were by the end. I mean, it was a, it was a whirlwind of an event, trust me. Everyone there came for one purpose, and that was to worship God. And isn't that the true mark of a gospel-centered community after all? I mean, not that we all are exactly the same, per se, but rather that we have all been saved by grace through our faith in the Lord. I mean, I have throughout my life been blessed to experience a multitude of rich gospel-centered communities between my church and social environments. However, I think it's truly difficult at times to contextualize how powerful a gospel-centered community is when there are so many distractions from the outside world. If it wasn't already abundantly obvious, we do live in an extremely fallen world. Ever since Adam and Eve first sinned against God, our separation from him has been apparent in every imperfect thing that we do as a society. It is only through said community that I believe we can experience a foretaste of what we will have in heaven— but I would be remiss to say that the pressures of the world don't impact the strength of the community that we're able to build. However, inside the walls of Mercedes-Benz, it was like the pains of the world were silenced by the strength of the community that we had built. The notion that our generation was hopeless to be saved 
just simply washed away as we collectively realized that he is the desire of our souls, which was another one of the mottos that we had over the weekend. By the way, they also made a really awesome sweatshirt that said that. However, it seemed like it was more targeted towards females, but it still looked really, really cool. So, But um, they also have a lot of really cool merch there. So if you're looking for anything, go check it out on the Passion website. But anyways... To be completely honest, I cannot sing enough praises about each of the speakers that were at this event. Night one began with Sadie Robertson Huff, who many of y'all may know, giving an inspiring message about the truth of the gospel and how we can know God is real from what the word says. She described the story in 2 Chronicles, and that's also in 2 Kings, about King Josiah, who was able to bring his kingdom back into the light after finding the long-lost law of God. In the same way that this kingdom's people were changed by God's word, the power of the word will be lost to us if we do not see God wholly reflected in it. We can believe in God from reading his word because his spirit is consistent throughout scripture and is ultimately reflected in our spirits when we live out the Christian life. What impressed me most, actually, about her whole message was the fact that she was somehow able to masterfully go through the whole entire story of the Bible in just 15 minutes, which honestly, in all of my years of being in the church, I have never seen someone do as eloquently as she did. Her message spoke to me very personally because, honestly, I see this question of whether God is real or not being on the hearts of many people in my generation, especially when we are trying to determine God's validity in light of all of the other truths that we see in this world. But by having her go forward and show how we see God being constant, not only in the word, but also how that is reflected in our own lives, through our own testimonies, etc., it really spoke to me and I believe showed a whole generation of people that we do have a God that we can truly depend on. Then moving forward from there, Ben Stewart, who is the pastor of Passage City Church in Washington, D.C., he followed afterward with a very, very powerful message about seeking to know the real Jesus, not just the popularized image of who he is and what he can do for you, which honestly I believe a lot of us can relate to seeking after. He talked about the passage in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus talks to the people in parables that are following him during his ministry. And he did this to bifurcate, as he said, the people into those who would truly seek to know and understand him fully and those who solely wanted his healing. Though this healing that he provides was powerful, it is only meant for those who seek him with a humble heart that will truly be able to see the kingdom of heaven. For many young people, I see this message as being very applicable as well because it can be easy to run after God for very selfish reasons. Call them what you will. However, it's only by looking to humbly ask God to be part of your life and also to direct your steps that you can have a relationship with him that provides the healing that you so desperately need. And I think this is so important for us because we are always trying to find a quick fix to our problems. And Jesus can provide that fix, but we need relationship and understanding before we can truly get that. And I think a lot of people needed to hear that. I know I needed to hear that. 
On day two, we began our day with an awesome message from Jonathan Pokluka, uh, Pokluda, sorry, who he's the pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. Go Baylor Bears. Uh, just don't tell any of my Alabama friends that. Um, about uh, Jesus being the only way to the Father. And personally, I most enjoyed his message for the entire time. I think he did an awesome job and for a multitude of reasons. Many people in modern times, as he stated, are very quick to assume that many religions can lead to the same eternal life in heaven. In fact, he even cited a USA Today poll that found that 70% of Christians and non-Christians alike believe that there are many ways to heaven and to God, which, however, like he mentioned, like how only one gate at an airport can take you to the destination you want to go to, Jesus is the only way to God. Modern-day tolerance requires your belief in another's truth, regardless of whether it's contrary to your own belief. But just as taking a fish out of a tank to save them from the captivity they're in, just how that will kill them, we can't live apart from God, who is the giver of life. So in a world that's so focused on people's individual truth, it was inspiring to see JP just motivate my generation to accept the fact that we are not showing love to others by accepting them living apart from God. And, I mean, if that's not a message that we all need to hear, I really don't know what to tell you. It's uh, very difficult, I think, for people to accept that, especially in modern society, but I hope that people were able to gain a lot from that message. From here, the day continued with another amazing word from Pastor Levi Lusco, who is the pastor of Fresh Life Church. In his very powerful message, which was honestly one of my favorites of the entire event as well, he explained to a hurting generation, my generation, how their past trauma does not need to be the template for their lives, which, to be completely honest, I believe that is a message that a lot of people really need to hear. To say, this too shall pass, like it says in the scriptures, is honestly to say that the pain we face is only meant for the moment and not for the long-lasting lesson provided by God. Rather than dwelling in the past, we must see that God has made all things work for good and that we must run toward the future that he has built from our past trauma, which I think this is such a great perspective to have, especially in a world that is hurting as much as it is. This was a message I especially needed to hear, as I think could be said by the majority of those in my generation. I see so many of my peers constantly looking for vices to help curb their pain, whether they be drugs, alcohol, party culture, you name it, whatever it might be. But by seeing the beauty of God's truth through our trials, we can see his goodness in every circumstance and honestly grow from them. Next up, we had the profound words of Earl McClellan, who's the pastor of Shoreline City Church, about refusing deals with the devil. He was amazing and so funny. And honestly, just his whole idea of no deal devil, that just rings in my head even to this day. He talked about how in Isaiah 36, there was an evil king who wanted people to bargain with him for peace. And in the same way, Satan does this to us when we are experiencing pain, regardless of our age, position, or even internal strength. In Pastor McClellan's words, pain is a part of the process. Say that five times fast. So we need to not make peace 
with the enemy to quiet our fears and hurts, but rather to run towards God. In today's world, we can find a lot of substitutes for fulfillment, whether that be, like I said, drugs, alcohol, you name it, anything that can bring us temporary joy. But rather than accepting the empty promises that Satan gives, we must know our own worth to know we deserve the real deal, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ. And of course, to finish off day two, we heard Pastor Louis Giglio of Passion City Church speak to us about the presuppositions that we have about what is best for our lives and how the magnitude of Jesus' grace, mercy, and power is stronger than anything that we could ever face. When we get the gospel, as he says, all of our presuppositions change or all of our preconceived notions change. For his message, actually, they erected a 80-foot cross. I'm not joking. It was 80, 80 feet tall. As a, and it was standing right in the middle of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, one of the most beautiful images I've ever seen. And it served as a beautiful representation of just the magnitude of God's power over our lives. By concentrating on the sheer weight of the cross when looking at the power of God's salvation, we can see that regardless of the weight of our past sins, the cross bears all of our guilt and shame. This is, I believe, is very, very important for our generation as we constantly see our past guilt as being something that should weigh us down or hold us back. However, by living for and fully embracing Christ, we can find freedom and boast only in his goodness. I mean, praise God for that. And of course, to finish out the conference on our last day, we had our last sermon from Australian activist Christine Kane, who gave such a beautiful message. She reminded us that we have been plucked out of eternity for God's perfect purpose. Despite our current trials, God is making a way for us in the same manner that he has made a way for all of his people throughout history. However, though we may want to be delivered from things, such as our trials, our struggles, etc., we serve a God who takes us through things, but does not forsake us while he's walking through those things with us. Just like how old wine is good, as she put it, we must focus on the wisdom of the past but be new wineskins to pour out rivers of living water unto the nations with our new talents and skills. And I think this is so awesome to end with because it served as an amazing motivator for me and for plenty of young people who are always looking for ways to advance the gospel. It can be difficult for many people in my generation to find their footing when it comes to sharing God's word, especially when confronted with all of their many trials. However, by being you know, cognizant of the past wisdom that we have from our elders, etc., and also preparing to uniquely impact the world for the sake of the kingdom, we can present ourselves as humble sacrifices unto God. And what better way is there to live the Christian life? So as a person, in terms of like the worship now, I'll talk about that. As someone who leads quite a bit of worship music at the University of Alabama, I also felt especially inspired while there by each of the artists that were on stage. Not only did they each give a very unique and incredible performance, but they each did so with such a spirit of humility and gratefulness, just for the opportunity to be on the stage worshiping the king. Not only that, but they each made it a point 
to preserve the reverence of worship amidst the overwhelming lights and sounds. And I personally found that to be very inspiring because it can become very easy to get caught up in what is the production value of a contemporary worship set. However, just seeing them kind of strip everything away and just have it be the sound of our voices lifting up cries to heaven, just praising and thanking God, that really struck a chord with me, you know, pun definitely intended. So, but going back to Tuscaloosa next week to start my final semester at UA, I really hope to step into my worship leadership roles with a newfound spirit of excitement and joy knowing how powerful the truest act of worship can be when done with a humble reverence. Seeing their example, it truly inspired me. And kind of just talking a little bit about what I mentioned before, there was one moment in particular when I felt like I was truly experiencing what it would be like to be in heaven one day. Brandon Lake, Brooke Lidgetwood, and Cody Carnes, who are three of the arguably some of the most popular contemporary Christian artists of our day, they all came onto stage late Thursday night to sing the song, Bless God. And I'm never one to be very emotional, to be completely honest. I guess maybe that's the byproduct of being a military son. But there was just something about that moment following Pastor Giglio's message that truly broke something inside of me. I mean, placed, like I said, placed in the middle of the crowd of 55,000 students was an 80-foot cross representing the sheer magnitude of Jesus and his sacrifice over all of the sins and pressures of the world. And above all of it, I just got to hear my brothers and sisters in Christ sing praises to God and cast their cares on him. And this just reminded me of the immeasurable worth of Jesus Christ and how it is only through him that I'll ever find my strength. I just, people have taken videos of that moment and I've been able to go back and watch and listen, but it was nothing like actually being there, actually witnessing that. And I just, I can't wait for the day that I'm able to experience the fullness of that in heaven. Overall, honestly, I had two key takeaways from this conference. First, to quote something that Jonathan Podluka said in to the crowd during his speech, he said, if we believe the gospel, how do we not tell everyone? And honestly, this struck a chord with me because I couldn't help but think about my own campus and how much it truly needs the truth of the gospel. At UA, I see so many people living for what brings them temporary joy, when the one that brings everlasting joy and satisfaction is what they truly need. I'm so thankful for the incredible gospel-centered community that I have been able to be a part of through my Tuscaloosa community and while at Passion, However, though this tight-knit community has been great for me and for my own, you know, group here, I would, my prayer is just that the Lord will continue to extend our group into the unreached places around us. As for this event, you know, my only wish was that more people could have experienced it in person because I know how truly powerful the truth of the gospel is, and I just want more people to be able to see that. And so that's part of the reason why I'm even sharing all of this through this podcast today. Um, and what's even more amazing is, is that Passion Church, they actually created a free resource called Passion Equip, which is an app that you can download on your phone. I'm not sure if it's something that you can see online, 
but um, it's definitely something that you can see on your phone. And basically what it is, is it's a free resource for everyone to be able to go back and listen and watch every single passion conference, like speaker, performance, everything like that, that has ever been done. And I think that was so amazing because that is a message that I feel like people need to see. I always know that there are barriers to people being able to come, but if you're just looking for a great way to maybe connect with the gospel or hear an awesome message, I highly recommend checking out Passion Equip. My second takeaway from this whole event was honestly just to continue relying on my gospel-centered community, especially as my life continues to change with me starting medical school in the fall. I honestly will only have Christ to lean upon when the going gets tough. And after seeing the peace that I was able to experience while surrounded by believers at this event, I know that this gospel Center community will continue to provide me strength through every stage of my life. Now, overall, do I think that this event is vital or necessary to living the Christian life as a young person? No, absolutely not. I don't think so. I mean, for many, I know that this event is very difficult to attend due to many different financial reasons and even the distance that you have to travel to get to wherever they're hosting it. However, what is vital to the Christian life is what this event represents. It's a reminder of the power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is what provides us with life, peace, assurance, direction, and belonging. And... Honestly, without that, we have nothing. I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to attend this year's event and just to everyone that was involved with putting this on or even just giving of your time and talents and wisdom, just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I truly hope that I can attend this for years to come. And that's the Blonde Commentary. Thank you so much for listening, and next week I'll be back on the campus of the University of Alabama for my final semester of undergraduate. So stay tuned for next week's episode as I try to interview different people about their New Year's resolutions and discuss the importance of including God in the changes for the new year. But without further ado, I hope you all have an awesome week, and until next time, this is the Blonde Commentary. <laughs>